0: Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century.
1: Welcome back to Modern Musings. Uh, We are here today continuing our discussion from yesterday about Eckhart Tolle and A New Earth. This is your host, Cindy Murray, and I'm here today with Kristen Murray Hessler whoops, I'm still doing that. Why am I still doing that? You've been you Krista Murray my whole life.
2: You did it earlier, too.
1: And Amber Garvin. How's it Hi. going? <laughs> and um, yeah. Krista Murray You will always be Krista Murray to me, sorry. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, we were, we were talking yesterday, and we really kind of ran out of time because we got so deep into that discussion and looked up and went, ah! So um, I wanted to pick up today in a, a little bit different spot and go back to some things that I, um, did not mention yesterday. So one of the things that, um, Toli talks about is spirituality and religion. And I wanted to pick up there because a lot of people, um, get confused and, or they wonder how this is applicable to their faith. And first off, I want to stop by saying spirituality and religion are not the same thing and they are not mutually exclusive. So you can be religious and not be spiritual, or you can be spiritual and not be religious, or you can be spiritual and religious at the same time. Um, One of the things he talks about is that if you are so bound up in your identity with your religion, and that's an, that's an egoic form, um, if you are identified with your religion, well, I'm a Christian, I'm Jewish, I'm Catholic, I'm an atheist. And you're using that to label yourself, then that is your ego again which is not to say you can't have that belief system, but if you are identified with that, if that is part of your identity, then um, you're, it's, it's kind of a rigid construct and it really doesn't allow you to be spiritual. Um, the more rigidly religious you are, the less spiritual you are. And because spiritual religion is more about form and following protocols um it's not necessarily about belief um it's about what'd you say ritual it's ritual and um, that's what religion is beliefs are different than religion and spirituality is yet another aspect and so spirituality is about feeling it's about consciousness it's about internal feeling and so um, I wanted to make that distinction um, it's the how spiritual you are has nothing to do with what you believe but everything to do with your state of consciousness and that's um, directly in the book so I don't want you to think that we are discounting any kind of religion or that we are trying to teach a new religion. This is not about religion. This is about spirituality. This is about opening your awareness to your inner self. And um, we are he actually talks about um, some things. In fact, the, the actual title of the book, A New Earth comes from the Bible. And um, there's several places in the Bible uh, where in different, um, different authors of different books of the Bible have used the terminology, a new heaven and a new earth. And they're referring to, um, at some point, the, the existence that we know today will go away, it will pass away and a new heaven and a new earth will come about. Um, in the Judeo-Christian, that will be at the coming of the Messiah um, or whatever. But uh, several other religions have similar um, concepts uh, that at some point we will be enlightened or we'll all move forward or move up or whatever. Um, the One of the ones that... Uh, struck me and uh amber can read this um i think she's got it pulled up here on her screen isaiah 65 17 to 19
2: yes isaiah sixty five seventeen to 19 says for behold i create a new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind but be glad and rejoice forever in what i create for behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. And Tole is
1: talking about in the book how a new earth Uh, would we come to this state of enlightenment that we must come to if our human race is to survive um, for any length of time because of what's going on in our earth and he talks about how we have to um, come to this new state of consciousness and he he refers to that um that in a in a sense, that new heaven is not a location, but it's really kind of the inner realm of consciousness. That's our new heaven. Uh, some religions call it nirvana, um, and then uh, so it's really the emergence of a transformed state of human consciousness. And a new earth is its reflection in the physical realm. And what he's talking about is that as we enlighten our consciousness and, you know, that old consciousness will dissolve, it will pass away. And the new earth will begin to be formed. At, there will be synchronistic geographic and climactic natural upheavals things that will change all over the planet um that will those things will happen because of our inner consciousness changing our outer world will change with it the better we become as humans the better our world will become on the outside and um that's one of the things that that he's talking about that's why we need to do this because we need to save our earth Um, we need to undo the damage that we have done to our earth and to our fellow humanity and uh, do y'all have anything to add to that there Um, actually
0: kind of something that popped in my head is if you think about um, you know humans on this earth we're kind of like the organs in the body And if the earth is the one collective body, um, the surface of it suffers when the organs don't work properly. Think about, um, you know, like skin, hair, and nail conditions that form because poor diet Mm -hmm. and um, diseases of the liver and things like that that cause other issues that manifest on the outside that's visible on the skin. That's really the way the earth is. Um, the people that keep it running, um, are the organs. We're damaging. We're we're damaging it it because we're self-destructive. Um, the organs are attacking each other because there is a disease. And actually, Eckhart told, uh, mentioned that our brain is a, a dysfunction. It is a dysfunction because the monkey mind that's always talking and chattering is, um, you know that's the problem. It's, it works great, but that's the issue at hand is that it just keeps going and going and going and it destroys itself.
1: Yeah. I agree with what you're saying, Kristen, because it really is like, um, the liver, um, you know, when the liver starts to fail, then the skin starts to jaundice and you really can't treat the jaundice. You have to treat the liver. And so he's talking about how we have to treat our consciousness and get our, selves open and aware and and going back to the new heaven and the new earth when humanity starts to be awakened and we start realizing that we are not this egoist uh, we are not our egos we are not these materialistic things that there's more to us the the soul that is inside of us the real who we are and when we become awakened to that then we will start to change our world. And in a way that really does create a new heaven and a new earth. And think about it. Um, If we were all the perfect human beings and we didn't identify with monetary things and we really didn't, I, you know, uh, discriminate against each other because of the color of our skin or because of our religion or our sexual preferences or whatever, There would be no crying. There would be no sadness. There would be only sharing and caring and love. And really, that's one of the things that Jesus taught. And, um, you know, love everyone, love each other. And um, love is everything. And those all, that comes from deep within. That is not an egoic um, expression That is from deep within and deep spirituality is like that as well. A deep spirituality is like a love for all that exists. And in the last episode, Kristen talked about, um, the Buddha and how, uh, he gave a silent sermon one time. And well, you were talking about the flower, but, um, the appreciation of the flower and getting out of your mind and not thinking about this is the pistol and this is the stamens and these are the petals. That was, um, in a way, a reflection of, and he was talking about the sermon that the Buddha gave. Right. Um, and it was a silent sermon and he just stared at a flower for the whole time. Mm -hmm. And in the end, only one other person understood the message Um, and he smiled at the end of it and it was that he realized that just beholding the flower being in that moment feeling the now and appreciating the flower without thinking about it without um, labeling it without identifying with it, just appreciating it for what it was right then. And that is that opening of that awareness. And so we want to talk some more about the ego, um, because obviously this book is all about the ego, or that's one of the big things about the ego. And, um, I wanted to share some things um, that I picked up from the book and um, we talked about labeling ourselves or identifying with things and um, a lot of people say well I love this ring because it belonged to my grandmother and you know whatever but we're really not honoring that thing if we are using it as a means to self-enhance us. If, it, if, if our big mansion makes us feel better about who we are because we have this big mansion, then you're not really honoring that thing, that mansion that you built. Um, you're actually trying to find yourself through it and a lot of times that's what the acquisition of things are and and that's the problem with the ego is that it's always trying to find who it is through things by filling that box that we talked about um and it will just keep putting things in there and we just have to learn to not try to identify ourselves with all those different things and so I wanted to touch on one of the things he talks about, um, how, when do you know that you're going to become enlightened and how do you become enlightened? Um, how do you open that awareness? And the, I think he mentions in the early part of the book that if you're already reading this, obviously it is already opening for you because you wouldn't be reading this if you weren't open to, um, learning more or or experiencing more or are trying to search that out um because people who are totally closed don't even realize
0: it's not that they don't care it's that they don't realize they don't
1: realize that there that there is they're still
0: asleep that part of their
1: yeah whatever yes you can't even say that part of their mind is still asleep it's just their being Um, and he does talk about how a lot of people actually come to awareness when they have a loss or a tragedy or something like that. Um, a lot of people who live through um, a you know a terrible illness or um, maybe they've escaped the uh, third world country or you know something like that and and come to America and they have a different appreciation for what um, where they are and what exists. Um, I know for me, a lot of mine, I, I always been a little bit more aware, but a lot of my awareness developed after I had cancer and, um, I have had breast cancer and, um, I'm now five years out with no cancer. But, um, when I first, um, was diagnosed, I, I had a very different mentality about it. I, you know, I could have sat there and said, oh my God, I have cancer. It's terrible. Oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. And I really didn't. And, um, my, I kind of set out with a mission that, oh my gosh, I've, I've got cancer and I want to kind of do even more. I was already doing, fundraising for suja jacomen and walking in the three-day and things like that but i became an even more of an activist and tried to uh remind people to get their mammograms and stuff like that because Share your
0: story yes
1: and and kristen talked about also to um um moving through something like that and i know a lot of people oh, right so
0: when you go through something difficult in your life Think about your going through whatever that terrible thing is that you're having to go through. Think about it like a forest. When you come out on the other side,
1: you went through the forest. You did not become a part of the forest. Right. And that's um, one of the things that Toll talks about um, is, is he doesn't say the words, but I use the words victim mentality. And I know a lot of people who look at themselves as a victim of their circumstances and they identify with that. So, um, people who have, uh, illnesses, well, I, I have, um, cancer. And so I'm always going to be a person with cancer or, um, I'm a diabetic. People who identify with different things, um, you know, I'm, Uh, I'm deaf or I'm blind. Therefore, um, I can't do this or I can do that or I'm, you know, I have this debilitating disease and that becomes totally their identity. Everything that they do is wrapped up in this. Um, It affects their work. It affects their sleep. It affects their relationships and it, it really just becomes a part of who they are, not something that is occurring in their life. And they get a lot of attention from doctors and other people, um, but that's, you know, it's kind of the ego is holding on to that because, and once the ego grabs onto something like that, it's not gonna let it go because that's a biggie right there. That's a big one that you can hold on to for a long time that identity will take you many, many, many miles. And um, that's one of those things that... Yes, Amber?
2: Uh, well, uh, I've always believed that anything can be overcome. And um, as you said, like, people hold on to the victim mentality, like, oh, I can't do this because I have a mental illness Oh, um, I was taught that I can't do this because I'm autistic. Oh, I was taught that I can't do this. I can't do. I can't read a book. I can't do this because I have ADHD or dyslexia, and uh, that is not the case. Like uh, I agree that that is that is not the case at all. You can overcome anything that has been thrown at you. And you were talking about how you had cancer. And um, I also had uh, life-threatening, not cancerous tumors in my ovaries. And this was about 10 years ago almost. And um, they had gotten bad to the point that like I was slowly dying. The poison was slowly seeping out into my body and I was dying and i didn't even realize it i thought that oh my back hurt because i'm fat but that's not the case my back hurt because i had two tumors inside my body that were the size of small children yeah and the and and but
1: that did not identify... You did not identify no, with that. That's identified. not who you are. And it's just like Kristen said, you go through it. Um, you go through the forest. You don't become the forest.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and I think a lot of people get lost in the forest of illness and let that become or who they are.
0: So have you guys ever seen Neverending Story and he goes through the swamp of sadness? Yes. He, he They're drowning in the sadness and um, I think a lot of people who can relate to this movie um, you know when Atreyu and his horse Artex are going they know they have to travel through it and it's just mud and like broken dead trees and stuff and Artex the horse you know obviously he gets consumed by the sadness and he drowns in the mud and he becomes one with it like you would become one with the earth when you die that is all he was left you know he became mud probably you know he yeah disintegrated into the mud and um you know you either come out of that stronger or you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger that's really i mean that really stands for that i didn't you highlight a um passage that you were really uh, something about
1: yielding. Oh, yes. Um, there was a really great um, thing back here. Um, let me find it again before I lose it. So um, when he's talking about uh, people becoming enlightened and stuff, um, a lot of times it happens through loss and um, and it's uh, people who deal with loss or tragedy or whatever circumstance Um there's, you, you really have a couple of things that you can do. One is to resist the loss, resist the change. Um, you know, um, you want to stay in that state that you were, um, or you can yield to it. So, um, I, you know, there's a a great example is someone and, and I, (laughs) this is me. Um, I, I'm diabetic and, um, When I was diagnosed with diabetic, I resisted the idea of being diabetic because I don't want to eat good food for me. I want to eat sugary foods. And you can either resist that. Fight it. And, and fight, and fight it. Yeah, as you fight with it and or, or you, you can, can accept, accept it. it. So right. if you yield to it, if you accept it and you yield to it, then the inner ex- you're accepting what is, let it pass, and you're open to life going on. Right. Um, and a lot of people who are dealing with grief um, get trapped in the grief um, by resisting it. They want to hold on to that life that they thought they were going to have. Um, they want to hold on to that relationship that they had and not move on and move through it. Uh,
2: that was me for many years yeah and I know know a
1: lot of people who get trapped in that talked
2: about this before but uh, several about four years ago my dad died and I got lost in the grief and my mom got lost in the grief and it ultimately killed her because a year later she died and I believe that she died of a broken heart I mean I know on paper, it was a heart attack, but uh, she didn't even have she didn't even have heart problems up to that point. But she's over the next year after my dad died, she slowly started. She lost over a hundred pounds, and she started disintegrating pretty much mm-hmm. at and a very then, young age. Yeah, at too. a very young age, you know, early sixties, and. Uh, Then she ultimately had that heart attack and fell over and died. And I, for years, for a couple of years after that, I was totally lost. And I didn't know what to do with my life. And uh, then uh, earlier this year, I got a divorce from my ex-husband. And I was lost with that as well until one day this summer this last summer i decided that i was moving on with my life i was going to make a whole a whole life overhaul because i didn't want to be lost anymore and i wanted to go back to who i was before all of these tragic things started happening i
0: remember when you first started the process with the separation Going into like I think we're getting divorced um, you had like this identity crisis almost I remember you telling me like I don't even know who I am anymore because you were so consumed with all of the stressful things like your mind probably never left grief of my dad grief of my mom now loss grief of this failing relationship and then all the stress of everything else on top of it. Because I know mm-hmm. you guys were struggling with, you know, a lot of things in your relationship. And um, when all of those things kind of weigh you down, you literally get stuck in that forest. And yeah, you forgot who head, you were. I you were lost, becoming yes. one with that forest. Like, you get petrified, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that was forest, scared
1: so, to, to be alone. Scared to yeah. move on. Sand,
2: um, yeah, sand. Yeah. Scared to, like, I kept thinking that maybe we would get back together but then like as time went on I realized that's not what I wanted I wanted to move on with my life right and now I feel like I have reached happiness
0: right and I think that's where the part the word yield um you have to think about the word yield there's two parts to that think about when you're driving when you yield you're stopping sort of
1: Mm-hmm. And, and assessing yes. the danger of proceeding yes.
0: and you're going okay whatever's coming I need to let it through whatever that is it's traveling it's not a four-way stop sign
1: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: that's where people get in an impasse because they stop and they get stuck in this part of their life where they can't get out because they're stuck in grief or they're stuck in disease or they're stuck in identity crisis Whatever it may be, they're stuck in poverty, or they're stuck in gender confusion, and they can't get past. Let it pass. Let whatever it is that you're suffering through, or whatever is trying
1: to yield. Let pass it pass through. Let it go through. Let
0: it go through. Just yep. Watch it
1: go by. Let and, it go. And there are consequences to not doing that. And and that was one of the other things I wanted to bring up is that um. When, whenever you are um taking on inner resistance to whatever that is whatever action that you take um which is usually negativity in some way um you know becoming a victim being stuck um being angry about your circumstances giving blame about your circumstances not moving forward with your life um then you're are actually creating more outer resistance and that negativity and that the that resistance the outer resistance and the universe um will will not be on your side um negativity breeds more negativity and life will not be helpful to you Is what he says um If the shutters are closed, the sunlight cannot come in. I thought that was pretty profound. Um, If you are so negative and you've got your shutters closed because you're resisting that change or whatever, then the new, the the light can't shine in on your life.
2: Yes, I uh, recently had somebody that uh, came to me and they were talking to me. About their problems, and they were asking me, Why does this keep happening to me? I don't want this. Why does this keep happening to me? And I said to them, It's your attitude. Mm
1: -hmm. You
2: are looking at this from a negative point of view. As long as you are negative, negative things will come to you. You have to go through life as and with a positive point of view and that's also something that I try to stress to my students is that you have to look at things positively because you will manifest positive things if you are looking at it positively if you are looking at it from a negative you will manifest negativity Mm -hmm. that's true
0: I actually have um, a real life scenario just the other day, you know, I'm married, newly married. and We've only been married for a year and a few months. And, um, you know, we're still I, understanding each other's, you know, ways and habits. And um, my husband and I are still learning how we each other manipulates our funds and handles our money. And um, I gave my husband a task. He had a bill. Um, it was like a $35 bill. It was a medical bill. Um, unbeknownst to me, there was additional part to that bill. Um, but I had a feeling there might be something else with it. So I told him, call the number, ask them if this is all there is, if there's other, you know, sometimes they have multiple accounts that go all into one Mm -hmm. bill. And, um, I said, you know, I, I just wanted to know like all the details first and it was only $35. So I was like, okay, after you're done talking on the phone, please write a check for the $35 and we'll mail the check to them. And he probably forgot or decided to go on his own way with it. And he went online instead of calling and he went and paid it. And it was actually like about $480, um, And he didn't even pay attention to it. He just paid it and moved on about his life. And um, he's not the type to check his checking account. I'm usually the one that looks for him. And uh, I saw the charge and I was like, oh my God, what was that for? Why is our account smaller than it was? And I went into panic mode. Um, You know, the whole um, scarcity mindset like triggered me. And I, um, I exploded. I was like a volcano of... Anger, And, um, you know, I yelled at him. And, you know, he listened. My husband is so patient. He just listened to me and let me, like... the best. (laughs) I just, like, went, "Ah!" you know. Uh, Some of you guys can identify with that. I was really stressed out about it. And I look back at it. I still have money in my account. The bill got paid. Um, You know, I look back at it today. I mean, it just happened a couple of days ago. And I think, wow, if I had just accepted it for what it was because me being angry was not not going to change anything all it did was stress him out make him feel bad I felt really stupid because I was the one upset about something that he did it wasn't even about me um but I made it about me and Mm -hmm. I was really like out of line with my energy it was very negative and you know we had a long conversation well it was pretty (laughs) one-sided I'll admit um but it was unnecessary and now I look back like I could have changed that behavior into something even if it wasn't exactly positive it could have been more neutral because neutral is definitely better than negative
1: yeah totally totally and um going back to the to the that negativity breeding negativity and stuff I know so many people that like uh Amber was saying, you know, they say, why is this happened to me? Why do all the bad things happen to me? And I know for one, I was one of those people at one point in time too. I used to, to do that things, bad things would happen to me. And then I would just go, why me? Why is it always me? And I actually know to a couple of other people and this, this is going to really illustrate, um, some, two different ways of looking at something that is very similar. So I have two very good friends and I'm not going to use their names, but, um, they both have, um, a couple of, um, different but, um, debilitating illnesses. And one of those people is still such an, uh, she, she came into this disease And it's very debilitating and, um, it's caused her a lot of problems, but her outlook on life is still so positive. And I never see her complain about how she feels. Now she will say, I, I gotta, I gotta rest for a while because, um, the heat of the day makes me really tired or I can't stand anymore because, or I can't sit anymore because my leg- legs are shaky or I'm getting weak or whatever. I'm going to call it a day because I'm getting a little tired. Right, but she never complains. She never tries to make people feel sorry for her. Um, she's just always such a positive, happy person. And it makes her pleasant to be around. And then um, there's another person who has a, a disease and and it has so affected her life that i just want to reach out to her and hold her and say don't let this control you don't let this define you move through it move through it don't let it stop you from being who you are and it and it does and i you know i there's two kinds of people in this world there are the people who accept it and yield to it and let it move through them and then there's the people who resist it and fight it and then and the negativity comes back as karma you know we we often call that karma because their negativity keeps them from um moving forward in their life and you could just say it comes back as stress it comes back as stress it really does it's all that negativity everything
0: else comes
1: more stressfully to you and and that actually affects your health even more because the more you stress about those things the more that stress causes further injury to your body and so um the the message from Toll is to yield to it. And he talks about that further. You know, he says, uh, once you yield, there's there's two things. You can either, if there's an action that's possible, then um, your action will be in alignment with the whole and it will be supported by creative intelligence and the unconditioned consciousness, which in a state of inner openness, you become one with. So then circumstances and people then become helpful and cooperative. Um, so in taking that positive action through that yielding and accepting what is happening, then the universe starts to work in your favor. And, and the secret to that is what can I learn from this? And that's, that's what a lot of people do. What can I learn from what is going on in my life right now? What can I take away from this experience? And I think that was what I got from my own cancer, um, was what can I learn from this? Um, obviously I accepted the fact that I had cancer. I moved on, I got treatment and I am you know recovered from that cancer and i don't identify with cancer in fact sometimes i feel like when people call me a cancer survivor i almost feel guilty because my experience with cancer was
0: um not as grueling as it, um, it wasn't
1: you know i did not have to have a full mastectomy i had a lumpectomy i had radiation um i did not have to have chemotherapy but i have had been on medication for the last five years and, um, the medication is, it it causes problems. Um, but you know, I just look at it as the price I pay for surviving this. And, and I, what, you know, I asked myself, what can I learn from this? And because of my cancer, I became a more spiritual person. I started exploring my spirituality more. I started, um, Rereading my Bible. I've read my Bible probably three or four times in the time since I became uh, diagnosed and, and really studying it and learning from it and narrowing down my belief system. And, but even more than that, I, it has opened me up to a world where I feel like I have something to give. And that was what, um, pushed me towards having this podcast because I felt like I was being guided down a path where I had some things to share and I wanted to share with people what I have learned. And so that, that is the action side of yielding. And then there is also a, a no action possible side of yielding. And that's where you just rest um in the knowledge and the peace that comes with surrender um and that's often what happens with um people who get a terminal illness um they know that that end is coming and instead of fighting it um or being when i say fight it obviously if it's terminal there's not a lot of fighting you can do but a lot of people get angry and resent that it's happening to them or they give up or they give up or whatever. And, and yet the people who surrender to it, they, you know, they say, okay, well I'm dying. I'm going to make the most out of my life. I'm going to accept that this is my fate and, and I'm just going to feel, and I'm going to rest in that peace and knowledge that I have surrendered. And that's where, um, as Eckhart Tolle says, you rest in God. Um, they, their faith takes over and they um, feel at peace with what's happening.
0: You want to know something interesting?
1: 100%
0: of all people die. This
1: so is true. So we are all terminal. Well, this is true.
2: And so accept your that, life. Accept it and live your life. Right.
0: Like you are dying from yes. a terminal illness the thing is is that it, there's no set in date for any of us accidents happen illnesses happen and then some people live to be 120 years but if you accept that and live in the now right then yeah. you won't get stuck at that four way stop right don't and just, you can live don't. your life once you accept that and you get that weight off of your chest then you can
1: live right appreciate what you have mm-hmm. love the people that you're with um be in the moment um create joy where you can create joy um we talked about this during the holidays during the podcast about how i like to um you know last month you know creating that hygge in my home and having the children come back for the holidays um But yeah, um, just kind of living in the now and and, um, accepting your circumstances as they are and then making the most of them, um, it doesn't do any good to resent your upbringing, your poverty, your childhood abuse, um, the weight that you've put on. The,
2: The past is the past.
1: The past is the past. And
2: move forward.
1: Um, we'll talk more about that in future um, episodes because I know the ending to the story um, of this book. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, we'll go into more of that later. And the and the, the more profound, even more profound things that have um, crept up on me from this book. And um, but Oprah, Oprah, as Kristen said, Oprah calls him the
0: father of the now. father
1: of now. And that's really what everything is about and um i know we've been talking a lot about the ego um but really it's hard to appreciate the now if you're all wrapped up in your ego and that's where we want to get to where we can find the the inner stillness within us and find the true sense of self and there's actually a really cool exercise in the book and i kind of wanted to go over this if If we're okay, um, I'd like to close our little, um, chat with this. Um, so have you ever, um, been laying in your bed and you're like maybe half asleep or something and you can't identify where your hands are? Um, maybe you feel your hand, but you really can't tell if your arm is up above your head or if it's laying out beside you. Um. So this is kind of a, a, sensory exercise that, um, he, he points us to. So you're, you're supposed to close your eyes for a minute and I want everybody to just close their eyes for a minute. And I want you to see if you can find out if there's life inside your hands. So don't ask your mind because your mind can say, I can't feel anything, um, But it might also say, give me something to feel or something more interesting to think about or whatever, you know, your brain may going all over the place because that's the monkey mind just chattering away. But, um, instead of asking your mind, go directly to your hands. And by this, he says, I mean, become aware of the subtle feeling of aliveness inside your hands. It's there, you just have to go there with your attention. You may get a slight tingling sensation at first and then a feeling of energy or aliveness. If you hold your attention in your hands for a while, that sense of aliveness will intensify. And some people won't even have to close their eyes. They'll be able to feel their inner hands at the same time. Now go to your feet and keep your attention there for a minute or so. And eventually you can feel your hands and your feet at the same time. Then you can move on to other parts of your body, um, the, the abdomen, the chest, your arms, your legs, um, you can just keep going. And the, and this is basically a form of meditation. Um, Tole calls this the inner body and it really isn't, um, the body, but, but it's the life energy. Um, it's the, it's the bridge between the form and the formless. And he encourages you to make it a habit to feel your inner body. And, and as a regular basis, just kind of check in with it. Um, in a lot of, um, in other cultures, they might call that your chakras. Um, you're just feeling What is inside you moving from different areas of your body and that formlessness is what he calls being and it's your essence that is your identity so what you're feeling that aliveness that's within you that is your being
0: the difference between a human and a robot
1: It is. It is. Robots don't feel. They only think. Very profound. So we're going to start reading the next two chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll give you plenty of time.
0: Yeah, we we'll give you a heads up to keep an eye on the blog so you can
1: see when to expect. Right, we'll tell you when the when the reading is coming up, and um, we'll have another check in with the book and go into the more uh, the next couple of chapters. And I'm really looking forward to getting deeper and deeper into this with you guys there's some really profound things in this book. Um, it's really changed my outlook on everything. I keep saying that and I can't say it enough. It's amazing. Um, this, um, this type of discussion that we're having
0: is ultimately our end game. This is what we wanted modern musings to be about. Um, Uh, in addition to the fun, lighthearted things like your celebrity hot crush and um, just fun things to talk about, but also the deep stuff because the deep stuff is really who we are.
2: Because we... uh just you know whenever we're doing our crafting and everything like that we sit around and we talk about this stuff all the time so now we're bringing it to you we're sharing it with
0: you guys and um you know we had mentioned earlier on you know in season one we were starting off because of the time of the year we wanted to introduce a lot of the goal setting and um you know holiday things and And we will check in with those things throughout the year do some more of that holiday like the December daily next year but um, you know this is the beginning of the year and we're talking about you know starting our new goals for this year and we really felt like this book is a great uh, gateway drug into these types of discussions because it is really I feel like goal setting the purpose for goal setting is to keep me in line with my enlightenment,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely, and um, I'm I'm really excited about going deeper into all of these things. So um, we we will have more fluff too, but it, we'll have these deep discussions. We'll have, um, as I mentioned before, my word of the year for this year is now, and it comes t- directly from this book. Um, And, and I didn't even know it because I read it. I read this book last summer and, and it wasn't until the fall that it started coming up, um, over and over and over again in my, um, in my life the word now just kept popping up popping up and it kept taking me back to this book so that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring this book out and it's a perfect time for it at the beginning of the year to start this this conversation because it really does go along well with our goal setting things and our word of the year and some other things like that that we're we're doing so um I, I look forward to sharing more with you. I hope you look forward to coming back with us. Um, next week's episode is eating healthy on a budget. So that's a little bit different direction. Um, but we've got some great ideas for how to eat healthy on a budget. It's and, still
2: in the health and wellness direction. Oh, though. definitely. Yes. Definitely.
1: And, um, and fun, too. Hey, there's some fun things in there. And and we actually do have a lot of fun things coming up um, later on as well. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back for this extra bonus, almost an hour of discussion on this book. And um, we hope that you'll give us some likes and Give us that five star rating on the, on our podcast to help us get more listeners.
2: Yeah, and if you read the book, let us know what you think. Yeah, of the first two chapters. Yeah, absolutely. This. Join this conversation with
1: us. With us. Join in the and conversation. Come We'd over love. to the Facebook page, um, the Facebook chat, or leave comments on the blog. Um, we really want to hear what you took away from this book, and um, I can't wait to share more things with you.
2: Oh yeah, and we also want to give a special thanks to Red Door Studios, Creative Audio Tech, and Rimshot Graphics for our music, gear, and graphics.
1: Yep, they've been very helpful to us in getting this podcast off the ground, and thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.
2: Have a great day. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.